of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Hello and welcome back. This is episode six. We've made it to six episodes, so suck it, Waver, because you said we weren't even going to do this in the first place. I'm joined by Waver. Hey. Booty God. I'm not even going to give him a chance to talk. And Corrupted. Hello. You can't leave me hanging if I don't give you a chance to talk. I am, of course, Mosh. So first things first, I need to talk about a few things. So this podcast is now officially on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. I will put a link to all of those in the description. So if you are watching or listening to this on YouTube and you want to listen to it on those other services, you can now do that. And if you are discovering us through these other services, just know that we do do this on YouTube as well. YouTube's kind of like the central hub or whatever. I don't know. But uh, you can find a link to my YouTube in the description. The thing is on iTunes and Spotify, the descriptions are not very good. I try to have it in a list form and make it look all nice, but on iTunes and Spotify, it kind of like jumbles everything together, so it doesn't look great. I'm going to see if I can try to fix that. Actually, the easiest way to find my YouTube is to just go to my Twitter, which is M-O-S-H-P-O-T-A-T-O-E-Z, potatoes with a Z, mosh potatoes, and in my uh, bio section, there's a link to my YouTube from there, so... That's the best way you can do it. I also make other YouTube videos. The YouTube version of the podcast, there's like audio visualizer things that are synced up to each of our voices. So you know who's talking and all that. And yeah, so iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, all live and good to go. And I'll look into other services as well, other sites. But for now, that's the main stuff, including YouTube. So like I said, links in the description to all that if you are interested. Another thing I want to mention is last week we talked about Kingdom Hearts 3 and we talked spoilers. I edited it in a way where I was looking at it from a YouTube viewer's point of view and not like a listener's point of view. So if someone was listening to this on the go, they wouldn't really be able to skip the spoilers because I said, you know, go to the timestamps in the description and just skip to the next topic. Well, if people are on the go, they can't really do that. So from now on, If we're talking heavily about a game and we're going to drop spoilers, I'm going to put that at the very end of the podcast. That way, you can listen to the whole thing, and right before that last part, I'm going to say, okay, we're going to talk about this game, we're going to talk about spoilers, that's the rest of the podcast. If you don't want to hear it, just click off now, you're not going to miss anything. And then for those that don't care and want to listen to it, they can. So from now on, spoiler-heavy segments will be at the very end. There's really not much happening this past week in terms of gaming-related stuff, but Apex Legends happened. So, that's what we're going to talk about. It's the big uh, the big thing right now. So, Apex Legends, the new free-to-play Battle Royale game from Respawn Entertainment. The Fortnite and... killer. Oh, whoa. Settle down there, cowboy. <laughs> First off. Watch out, man. The Fortnite's going to get you back. So, what are the initial impressions so far? After, at the time of this recording, it's been out for less than a week, but what's it like so far? I like it. It's, it has the feel of a Titanfall, except for the wall running. No wall running and no Titans. The biggest thing, I think, to bring up is the pinging system, because that thing is incredibly, incredibly helpful. Yeah, it's not bad. I feel like they just wanted to 
give people a way, um, people who don't have mics a way to communicate. You want to ping a weapon? You can. You want to ping enemies? You can. You don't have to talk. And you can still notify your boys or girls uh, where they're all at. I have done it accidentally, though, where I tried to ping an enemy and I accidentally pinged the location. And I try to, like, take it back, saying, I'm not saying to go over there. I'm just saying that there's an enemy there. So, But for the most part, it comes in handy. I think it's great because none of the other Battle Royale games have that, as far as I can remember. So that's huge. There's a few little details in this game that I think separate it from the other games. On the bottom left of your screen, it shows like your health and armor, and then above that, it shows your teammates. And if one of your teammates shoots, you'll see like a little muzzle flash on the right side of like their little name card thing. So that way you know who is shooting and you know who's in trouble. So you know where to find them or to look on your screen. Another thing about that is not only will you see muzzle flash, but you also see like a shield, like a the battery cell and the healing. So not only do you see your teammates shooting, but you also know if they're giving themselves more shield or if they're healing up. So it's just cool little things that, you know, really help out just to know what your teammates are doing. Also, the crates or the boxes when you kill someone, it shows the color of the best item in it. So if the best item's a yellow, the crate will be yellow. If it's purple, it'll be purple. So you kind of know right away if something good or worthwhile is in the crate before you even look at it. Also a nice little feature. Another cool feature that I really, really like is attachments carry over to a new gun. So if you have a gun and you got like a side on it, a stock, some sort of barrel stabilizer, you know, whatever, extended mags, and you want to switch that out for a new gun, you don't have to take your attachments off. If those attachments are compatible with the new gun, just replace the gun, attachments automatically carry over. That's such a great feature. I've also noticed that it seems like guns that use heavy rounds seem to be better. I don't know if that's, I don't know. I've seemed to do better with guns that use heavy rounds, like the Hemlock, I think is pretty decent. The Spitfire, I love the Spitfire. And the P90 looking gun that like burst fires. That gun's pretty good, like early mid game. And I don't know if it's because of the name of the bullets you're using, heavy rounds, so it does like heavy damage. Because it seems like the guns that use light rounds do light damage. I don't know if that's a coincidence or it's meant to be that way, but it's something to take note of. I've also noticed that this game seems a little bit easier. I've won more games in the first week of playing this game than I did in my first week of playing other Battle Royale games. And I think that has a lot to do with the ping system and maybe just these other little features that really just help the game. Also being able to revive your teammates, and I don't mean just reviving them when they're down, but reviving them when they die. So when your teammate dies, you have about, I think, 90 seconds to get their banner off of their crate. And then you go to one of the respawn stations and you can bring them back to life. Awesome. It happened to myself and Booty Guy. We were in a match. We both completely died. Our teammate somehow lived, got both of our banners, spawned us back in, didn't take any of our loot. Allowed us to get all of our loot back. We won the game. Good stuff. Another thing, putting your gun away makes you run faster. Pretty simple. Another cool thing, you cannot accidentally replace attachments or armor for like a lesser version of it. So if you have a purple body armor, you can't put a blue or white on accidentally. The game just won't let you do it. It will tell you what you have is better than this. Same with attachments. If you have like a purple barrel stabilizer or whatever, won't let you have a blue one. Again, little things like this make a big difference. Another interesting thing is at the end of a match, it doesn't tell you how many people are left. 
it'll tell you how many squads are remaining, but then there'll be a question mark. So if it says two squads remaining and it's your team and another team, you don't know if that team's got three players. You don't know if they have two players. You don't know if they have one player. So you kind of have to figure out, you kind of have to pay attention to what's going on the map. The map seems really quiet. They might only have one or two people. It's interesting because you just, you don't know how to approach it. And you really got to kind of think about these things. So I actually kind of like that. Makes it for a nice surprise. You could be gearing up for like this big battle, this big finale, and then it's just like one person left that doesn't know what they're doing. So uh, there's the inventory when you pick something up. There's between your crosshairs and your ultimate, there's going to be four little boxes or squares if you don't have a backpack because eight inventory spaces is the default. And every time you pick something up, another square is added, so that way you don't have to constantly check your inventory to see how full you are. You can just see it right on the screen. You can peek over walls, which I don't think a lot of people know about this. If you just jump at a wall and don't press anything, the, your character will just hang there, and you can just look over the wall. And then if you want to hop over it, press forward or X or whatever button to hop over your wall. So that can come in handy. And also, there's a field of view slider, which I have not touched yet. I think the default is 70. What's yours at, Waver? Uh, it's at 85. But... 85? Yeah, so... Uh... I've tested it a couple of times, and it was I think I left it at 115. And uh, let's let's just say that it, it pushes more into a field. You'll see more areas further back. Yeah, I still have mine at default, but I think I'm gonna switch it to 90. Yeah, well, it, it depends on the person's uh, point of view. Man, well, I have Hawkeyes, so I can pretty much see everything. And uh, there is no Titans, and there is no wall running, but. But there is basically, like, specialists, I guess you can call them, also known as legends. Each one has their own, like, abilities or equipment. Yeah. Well, Vince Zampello, the CEO of Respawn, said he replied to someone on Twitter asking why there wasn't any wall running. And he just said it wasn't fun or balanced, but we'll try new stuff as we go. So it could come into the game, but as of right now, there's no wall running. Like Corrupted said, the legends give you other, like, ways of playing. I don't think wall running is going to be necessary. I mean, you already have that one robot that can grapple. So I feel like wall running would just be like, it would make the game too um, frustrating. My one complaint is the ammo. I feel like there's not a whole lot of ammo, at least when I need it. Every time I need ammo for a certain gun, I cannot find it. There's been plenty of fights where I can't participate because I, I don't have any ammo. I can't do anything. So I think they need to adjust that. Another thing with this game is that it only has one game mode. It's three three team squads. It doesn't even have single player or duos. See, I don't think they can do solo though because of the passives. Like the lifeline passive is that she can revive her teammates faster. And well, if you're playing solo, you can't do that. So it's not really fair that other legends can have their passives, but she can't. You could make it so solo, like the legends aren't, they don't have any abilities. So it could be like, you know, no equipment, no abilities, just straight gunfights, which I think could be fine. Yeah, I mean, they can mess around with stuff, and they will. I'm sure there will be a Titan mode. I think it'll be like Fortnite where they drop one Titan in and you have to fight over it. Like what Fortnite did with Thanos. That's what I forgot to add in. <laughs> there are no Titans in Fortnite. If they're going to bring in Titans, they should also bring in rocket launchers added as well, you know, just to take it down. You could rodeo it, like in Titanfall. Yeah. You just pull the battery out and throw a nade in there. No, no, no. Without the battery, you just throw a nade in there. 
But then Nate counts as your uh, your equipment. Do you guys do you guys think the bigger streamers actually like this game, or are they just going to it because it's another battle royale game? I think they like it. I I think it's another battle royale game. I think it's just because it's something fresh. Well, Shroud said that Titanfall is one of his favorite, not maybe one of his favorite games, but a game he really likes and he thinks is underrated. So. And he barely plays it. I don't think I've ever seen him play it. Maybe one time with Doctor Disrespect. Yeah, they played it before this came out just to get prepped. That's more so because of his audience. Streamers are so pressed to play a certain meta regarding games compared to what they really want to play. I don't know why they want to see Shroud play a slow game like PUBG. Like, let him play a fast-paced game like Titanfall, and then you see, like, the real crazy stuff he could probably do. Speaking of PUBG, though, Apex Legends had 10 million players in the span of 72 hours. Now, to compare that, Fortnite had 10 million in two weeks, and PUBG had it in over a month. So people think because of these numbers that this game is going to destroy both of those, but you can't really compare them because PUBG at the time was only on PC and it cost money, whereas this game and Fortnite are free. So you got to give it up to PUBG for the numbers that game pulled in. And also Fortnite, no one knew about it. It came out of nowhere. And PUBG, or not PUBG, Fortnite increased the Battle Royale genre a lot. Like it brought in way more players now. So honestly, I don't think Apex would bring in the amount of players it has if it wasn't for Fortnite. So yeah, as the numbers are good, you really can't compare it. If they came out at the same time, then yeah. But I mean, Fortnite's been out for over a year and... It's just a, just one battle royale. Like Fortnite's fan base went over to Apex. Like that's pretty much what happened. It's funny seeing people get mad at Apex, though. It's like I think they're mad because Apex did a lot of things right, right out the gate, that these other battle royale games have yet to do. What are they mad about? The pinging system is huge. Other games don't have that. I think people are also mad because their crates don't show the color of the best item in it, and they have to constantly look through stuff. I think they're also mad because their attachments don't carry over to new guns and also the whole attachments and armor not being able to replace for weaker versions of it like this is all stuff this game had day one that like i said other games still do not have and i think that's why people are mad because it's like why is this game so good right away and why is our game taking so long to get good do you think this game can dethrone fortnite i hope so i think it'll be more popular for um, than Fortnite for a while. For a while? Yeah. Then you think Fortnite's going to go back? I've heard people saying Fortnite's not as fun as it used to be. It's, it's really not. not. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because for, they're adding too much to Fortnite. I stopped playing it. It's been like maybe a year and some change, right? And look at how far we're in. It's like season 7, 8. They're, they've already burned through at least a, two, three years worth of ideas in the span of a, a year and a few months. They've changed so much for better and for worse, mainly for worse at this point. It just doesn't feel, compared to when you first got me to play Fortnite and how against that was, I gradually... Won our first away. game. <laughs> yes, we won our very first game we played together, but like... It was special. That kind of fun that we had then doesn't apply now. Like whenever I log in now to go play, it's, it's tasking. I have to force myself to sit through one game already trying to get through multiple games to get my dailies and challenges done i just i don't feel any enjoyment it feels it feels worse than having to endure work or school combined yeah it's a chore now 
doesn't dethrone Fortnite, it'll definitely one up it, like regarding the fun factor. It'll challenge it for sure. Honestly, Fortnite kind of got boring because of the builders. Like when Fortnite first came out, it was a fun, enjoyable game because people like would barely build anything. And then the whole building craze took over and it got nuts. And I hate it. I cannot stand when people build mansions in roughly three and a half seconds. Once I get in a fight with someone and they do that, I seriously just give up because I'm not going to deal with it. I'm not good at building, never will be good at building. And it's just, it became a really difficult game, which is why it's not enjoyable anymore because I shouldn't have to try hard 24-7 in a game just to have a chance to win. I'm not a hardcore gamer anymore. Back in the day, I would try to do stuff like that, but these days I'm not a more casual gamer. Like, I don't want to get stomped every game. That's not enjoyable to me. So games like Fortnite need a ranked mode. Tryhards can go there. Apex needs a ranked mode, so tryhards can go there. Call of Duty needs to bring League Play back already. They said January, it's February. So the tryhards can go there. Yeah, I'm more of a casual gamer now. That doesn't mean I need to destroy people every match to enjoy it. I just don't want to get destroyed every match. That's why I lost interest in Fortnite. Like, I play games to have fun, and getting destroyed every match is most definitely not fun. I think we need to wait like a month. If Apex is still pulling in numbers a month from now, then I think it could be a serious contender. It's a pretty fun game. But we need to see if the hype, how fast the hype dies down. Oh, it's already a serious contender because look at the cosmetics alone. You can get what you want already. You don't have to hope that... I hope this Bloodhound skin returns, even though it hasn't appeared in like 20 months. Come on, Fortnite. Take a page from Apex Legends book. Have all your cosmetics then in there. Because you probably make more money compared to uh, impulse buying that you already bait out of young kids. Mm -hmm. It's about 12,000 tokens for a character. Or 750 coins, which is the equivalent of $7.50. I think I think that's fine. Because, yeah, you might look at a character for 750 But you gotta also realize you're getting a whole character and not just the skin. Like, Fortnite charges $20 for a skin. That's pretty crazy. So I think their prices are fine, honestly. So in March, is going to be Battle Pass 1. June will be Season 2. September, Season 3. And then December is Season 4. They're going to bring in new characters or new legends and new loot, probably new weapons, all that good stuff. They haven't said how much it's going to cost, but I would assume it's about 10 bucks. Seems pretty reasonable. And they also haven't said if you can buy that with in-game tokens yet or not. So I'm curious as to whether for Apex, if you can only buy the Battle Pass with real money, or if you can buy it with the free in-game tokens you get. Because the equivalent for $10 and that would probably be like 15,000 tokens. If 12,000 is equivalent to 750, then I would think 15,000 is equivalent to 10 bucks. But we'll have to wait and see on that. I also have a theory as to why this game even exists. I think it's because EA is scared. I think this game was supposed to be the Battle Royale for Titanfall 3, and then EA had Respawn take it out, force it to be its own game. That way, because Anthem's not going to do well. EA thinks it's going to sell like $6 million in the first six weeks. It ain't happening. Have you seen that they're, um, they're already selling it with, uh, if you buy an Xbox, Xbox One S, you get Anthem for free? Yeah, they're desperate. They're desperate to get this game to sell. So I think that they're fearful that Anthem's not going to do well. 
So they brought this out of Titanfall 3 early, had respawn work on it, so that all the money this game makes can like offset the costs or the losses from Anthem. EA makes a profit, and they get to fund Titanfall 3. Yeah. I think they've been working on this ever since the uh, popularity went up. Well, they said they've been working on it since after Titanfall 2, which makes me believe that it was Titanfall 3. But yeah, a lot of the stuff came out when this game came out saying that they seized production on Titanfall 3 and that they're just going to focus on this game. So a lot of people were disappointed. However, Vince Zampella, the CEO of Respawn, said on Twitter, tons of things planned for Apex Legends in the future. We're also committed to listening to player feedback. We're also working on more Titanfall for later in the year. Yes, I said the T word. We love being able to experiment in this crazy universe. So the man himself said there will be more Titanfall this year. And since he's a CEO, I would have to say he's a pretty good source on this type of stuff. Um, However, it's not Titanfall 3. They said that it's going to be a twist on the Titanfall series, but it will not be Titanfall 3. So my guess is it's going to be Titanfall VR. Going to head into the virtual reality world and some Titans. I don't know what else it could possibly be. Plus going VR in a Titan could be cool. Like inside the cockpit, if you're in like a Ronin and you're dashing around and you got the sword swinging that thing around, that could be pretty cool. Or one Titan that burns people alive. This is from ZHugeEX on Twitter. This guy's a pretty good source. He says, EA said on the conference call they are planning a new premium Titanfall game later this year. It is a twist on the franchise. It doesn't sound like this is Titanfall 3, but another spinoff in the same vein as Apex Legends. When they say premium, they mean a paid game, so not free to play. EA says Respawn now has two fully staffed teams, plus access to EA scale and resources. One team works on shooters, while the other works on action adventure. So basically one team on Titanfall and the other on Star Wars. And the new Star Wars game that Respawn's working on will be announced. Or not announced, but revealed very soon. That's the other thing. I don't want to see Call of Duty people get mad at Apex because, like, Respawn is the old Infinity Ward, and Call of Duty would not exist without them since they created it. So put some respect on the name and understand who your overlords are. Also, if the new Star Wars game does well, then that's going to cement Respawn as a top-quality studio because every game they've put out has been great. And if they can knock it out of the park with Star Wars... I'm going to read an article from Eurogamer. It talks more about Apex. It includes some uh, quotes from one of the devs. This is a battle royale set within the Titanfall universe rather than a Titanfall 2 sequel. It takes place about 30 years after the events of Titanfall 2 in an area called the Outlands, featuring an eclectic bunch of characters who are all competing in the Titanfall equivalent of a blood sport. Hunger Games, but more sci-fi. Although crossplay is unavailable at launch, Respawn told Eurogamer, it plans to allow players to play with their friends on other platforms. Cross-progression and cross-purchases, however, will not be possible in Apex Legends due to the way systems were set up early on. Kind of like Fortnite, you have cross-progression. If you play on like PC and go to PS4, you, you have everything and vice versa. You can't do that in this game. If, you wanna, if you're playing on console and you want to go to PC, you got to completely start over. Our desire is to be completely open and transparent with our player base, and part of that expands to how we talk about problems, and we understand this game is going to have a skeptical audience, McCoy told me. McCoy is the lead producer, Drew McCoy. There are some people who think there are too many Battle Royale games, or it's a fad. 
the world thinks we're making Titanfall 3 and we're not. This is what we're making. To try and convince a skeptical audience for months with trailers and hands-on articles, we're just like, let's let the game speak for itself. It's the most powerful antidote to potential problems. That's the other thing when you just surprise drop a game like that is there's not months of buildup where people can make negative videos saying like why the game's going to fail and all that. If you just drop it, it forces them to play it and then they might fall in love with it. So surprise drops can be a good thing. We're doing a free to play game with essentially loot boxes after we were bought by EA and it's not Titanfall 3. It's the perfect recipe for a marketing plan to go awry. So why have that? Let's jump ship and let players play. McCoy's answer also confirms that many already suspected Titanfall 3 is not in development and Apex Legends is the current Titanfall focus. Uh, back in fall of 2017, a respawn source told Kotaku's Jason Schreier Titanfall 3 was well into development and would release by the end of 2018. The reason for the hurry was that the modified version of Valve's source engine, used by previous Titanfall games and reportedly also Apex Legends, was starting to feel dated and Titanfall 3 might not feel or look as good if it came out too much later. This fits with what McCoy explained to me. The progress towards Apex Legends began after Titanfall 2 when the developer experimented with Battle Royale, decided this wasn't going to be a mode, and chose to make Apex Legends a game on its own. It certainly feels like Apex Legends could have been a Battle Royale mode for Titanfall 3. Yeah. When we started Apex Legends, we were building off Titanfall 2, and we didn't know we weren't going to have double jump or wall running or titans, he tells me. The choice to not have those came about because of playtesting against our goals to have strategic, learnable, masterable, deep game. We had things like wall running and double jumping for a long time. We had triple jump for a while. They make combat really hard to beat and comprehend. You can't predict where players come from or you're pushing them to, and things would happen to you more than you would predict and respond against. So it's really fun to do, but it's really bad for combat legibility. Okay, and this is his response to not having any Titans in the game. So, so we were prototyping that, and they were a power-up, and that was really detrimental to a Battle Royale. Battle Royales are supposed to be like poker. Everyone comes to the table with the same possibilities. If we ever balanced a Titan down to where they were not a destructive force on the match, it was like betraying that power fantasy. Like they were made of paper, a wet cardboard bag. It was not worth it. And it's pretty much, I mean, there's a lot more stuff in here, but I think I hit most of it. Yeah, I think that's all I got on Apex. If anyone else has anything to say about it, fire away. Only time will tell. Just give it about a month and then it should be good. So far, so good, though. Like, the game doesn't feel like a Battle Royale game, even though it is. Because I'm pretty burnt out on Battle Royale still, but I have no issue playing with this game. And, uh... Like, just match after match, looting up. Like, it's made Battle Royale fun again, which is great. So I see myself playing this game for a while. I love the feel that the Titanfall games have. It feels great. Same here. And I, my complaints are very small. I don't have any big complaints at all about this game. So job well done to respawn. I got some more details from Huge EX. So last year, there was an investor meeting with Sony about their future business strategy. So basically PS5. And it doesn't say when this was last year, but all the details have now been released on what they talked about. So I will go over some of it. Um, what they said about PS Now and streaming. When asked about streaming, Sony discussed PlayStation Now, its cloud gaming service, which already provides low latency delivery. Although it is pleased with the service, which incorporates technology from the acquired assets of Gaikai and OnLive, 
it does not view it as a big part of its game business at present. It views streaming as more of a distribution play than a business model at present. It seems many predators circular, circling its game strength at present, but believes that nobody has better technology than it does at present. A reflection of the billions of dollars that it has spent to differentiate the experience that it provides. In addition, Sony benefits from a walled garden of roughly 90 million monthly active users and PS4 consoles that should keep its competitors at bay for the time being. Over the past 12 months, almost 95% of Sony devices have communicated with its network, a reflection of the strong engagement of its user base. And then the next part on games versus entertainment focus. Sony noted that the PlayStation platform remains heavily game-centric, and while there has been some takers for their music offering, users coming to PlayStation for movies, TV, content have been limited. It was noted that management will have to consider strategies for the business, whether to build it as a comprehensive entertainment platform or as a comprehensive game platform with an eye to developing subscription services and the user base. This is a key strategic question Sony is deciding currently whether to build PSN as a comprehensive entertainment platform or double down on games. Well, you already know the answer to that. It's to double down on games. Don't be stupid. On the timing of a PS5. Sony would not fully comment on whether the PS5 is in development. It is. But did foresee a future for PlayStation beyond the PS4, which is on a 10-year cycle. I'll say more about that in a second. It continues to believe that the PS4 can sell as many console units as the PS2 did over its lifetime, implying over 150 million units. Sony noted that they have yet to decide how much further to market the current console before launching a new console. Uh, the current G and NS, I don't know what that means, targets include exclude the impact of PS5. Sony has indicated that the timing of PS5 is yet to be fully decided and has not yet been factored into Sony's three-year plan. So it says PS4 is on a 10-year cycle, came out in 2013, which would be 2023. It does not mean that the PS5 comes out in 2023. I think that just means that they're going to support the PS4 until 2023, kind of like how they kept supporting PS3 a couple years after the PS4 released. On future acquisitions and expansion, Sony views itself as having the largest developer network at present that is larger than those of Microsoft and Nintendo combined. Any future acquisitions are more likely to center on infrastructure and middleware than on individual developers. A primary goal is to extend the gamer population to the family. It sees a future for Sony's mobile titles in China. Finally, it believes that outside expectations for virtual reality may have been overinflated and that the new AAAs will be needed to jumpstart sales. Developers will need to see an installed base of over 5 million units to become believers in PlayStation VR. A threshold that it may come close to this year. So one of the companies that Sony acquired recently was Wise, which is like the logo you see at the end credits of like every game you beat. It's Wise with two W's. It's like the an audio sound company, and Sony bought them. It says this meeting was last year. Going by the acquisitions part, the recent purchase of Wise, which I just said, might be the start of a playing out of the above goals. And yeah, so it sounds like Sony is very aware that they need to make video games and not worry too much about the entertainment part. Like the whole, what was it, like the Game Pass, whatever it was, Microsoft's more like consumer friendly than Sony is. To sum it up, Sony should definitely try and emulate that if they want to really compete. Because there's only so much exclusives can necessarily do for a company. Well, 
We'll see what the future holds. And Mortal Kombat, though. And Mortal Kombat, which I'm still letting you for Shaggy not making the. Yep, the day I uploaded last week's podcast, it was officially announced that Shaggy would not be in the game, so. I think the worst part was he had the audacity to call it a dead meme. Like, he did say that, yeah. You can't tell me <laughs> you wouldn't want to beat someone down with Shaggy online. You know that'd be a glorious thing to see and experience. Yeah, but that's that's a dream you know would never happen. Not in this timeline. I'm sure in some alternate reality, we got Shaggy. I don't know, maybe in the future if we get lucky. Like when we're old, decrepit uh, men, they'll like announce oh, featuring Shaggy or some other character that you wouldn't expect. Like maybe Bugs Bunny or something. And they have like some of the most brutal fatality. Bugs Bunny's ultimate is, or his fatality is Big Chungus. <laughs> like J- he, like, jumps down your throat thinking it's a rabbit hole and then big chunguses and you explode. <laughs> See? See how that comes together? That's how you... And it's not, like, outlandish by Mortal Kombat standards. I guess I could lead right into music, which is, you know, we just saw the Grammys, or the categories we were waiting for get announced. The winners. My predictions. <laughs> My predictions are not good. So, for best metal performance, I wanted Trivium to win. But the winner was... High on Fire, Electric Messiah. Yeah, I don't know those songs. Next was best rock performance. I wanted Fever 333 to win. And the winner was... From the Grave, Chris Cornell. Which his children came up and gave the acceptance speech. I'm sure that was hard for them to do. Next was Best Rock Song. Want a ghost to win. The winner was St. Vincent. Not familiar with them at all. And lastly, Best Rock Album. Want a ghost to win again. But the new kids on the block took it. Greta Van Fleet. The, uh... Who? People call them Led Zeppelin ripoffs. I was 0-4 on my predictions. So I'm never predicting anything ever again. I got some other music stuff about... United States tour rumors for this summer. So there's a deal going on right now called Ticket to Rock. And for a minimum of $59, you can go to three different shows. Now, your seats probably aren't going to be very good. So the more you pay, the better your seats. But for a minimum of $59, you can go to three different shows. Now, the bands participating in this, this is not a lineup. These are just bands participating. Allison Chains, Breaking Benjamin, Behemoth, Chevelle, Gojira, Korn, Slipknot, Under Oath, Volbeat, Shinedown, and Slayer. So Slayer will be coming back to the U.S. for their farewell tour again. One of the rumors is the Slipknot tour, and the lineup may have been leaked. It will be, supposedly, Slipknot, Volbeat, Behemoth, and Gojira. Adios male puppy. That is a lineup. Volbeat doesn't really fit in, so I'm not sure why they're there. Because you have Gojira, who's like, you know, this French powerhouse of a band. Followed by Behemoth, the Black and Death Metal Boys. And then a rock band in Volbeat. Or hard rock band. And then Slipknot. Like, they're just, it's out of place. So it's kind of weird. 
but it's still a good lineup nonetheless. And I would expect all of this to be announced fairly soon. And I'm thinking it'll be around September, October. I think that's when the tour will be. I think I'd probably go to see Behemoth and Gojira. What about the headliners? Slipknot's more of your thing. What about the headliners, Booty Guy? Slipknot's more of your thing. <laughs> what about the headliners, though? What is your opinion on hip-hop and rap? Like, the current status? Like, I don't like it. Like, what are your opinions on it? Well, it's definitely not as good as it used to be. What makes it not uh, so good? I don't feel it's as genuine or real. I feel like there's a lot of fakeness. A lot of people acting tougher than they are. Or acting like they came from somewhere that they didn't. I do agree with you on it not being genuine anymore, like 80s, 90s, and all these people uh, flexing a lifestyle that most people don't even want to be in. Are there any like, new school uh, artists that you can enjoy? No. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too judgmental. Like, I feel like the way they look or the way they act is going to be representative of their music. Uh, Little John, we see him act crunk and hype and like songs, music videos, but underneath that is a really uh, well-spoken, generous dude. He, I'm pretty sure you've heard of how he, he like funded a school to be made like in Africa. Another example is Old, old Dirty Bastard. Probably the most quote-unquote ignorant person you could like like hear on a song but when you sit down and talk to him he's really intelligent has a good sense of humor he was uh conscious of what he was saying he wasn't like being outlandish or anything i don't know i just like the older people better one last music thing to talk about is ocean grove they released their first single from their new album which is yet to be revealed but it's called ask for the anthem and if I had trouble describing Bring Me the Horizon's current sound, then I have no chance at describing these guys because they're pretty all over the place. They can do a lot of different styles and sounds. So you really just kind of have to listen to them. I'll put a link in the description for the new song. I really like it. They've had a lineup change. So the screaming vocalist has left the band and one of the guitar players has left the band. The bass player has now moved to full-time vocalist, and they brought in another guy to play bass named Twiggy, who rocks a mullet and has the words come get some tattooed on his neck. So he's pretty much the coolest guy in the world at this point. But yeah, in the very first episode of this podcast, I rattled off over 30 bands that I was looking forward to this year who were all dropping albums. 30 plus bands that I like, by the way. And Ocean Grove was in my top five most anticipated so I'm very much looking forward to this album. They have a couple of EPs and one full-length album, so they're still kind of relatively new to the scene. But the fact that their discography, or lack thereof, is so small and I think so highly of them, like, that should say a lot about these dudes, these Australian boys. I'm going to put a link to their previous album, or their first album, the Rhapsody Tapes, in the description as well, because it's really really good also i need to talk about one of the secret members of the band this dude i think his name is donnie his first his real name he used to play guitar in the band and did backup vocals and then in 2014 he left the band well he didn't leave the band but he took a step back so he didn't perform with them anymore but he was still a studio member like he still writes for them and all that 
So right now there's four members that perform on stage with the fifth member kind of hanging out in the background because he has his own thing called Running Touch that he does. So he's more focused on that, which totally respectable. Anyway, on the last album, or Rhapsody Tapes, he sings on the song Thunderdome and Hitachi. So not only does he still write, but he still kind of provides vocals. So I think on the new album, he would do that as well, since the bass player is now the full-time vocalist. I would assume that this other guy, Donnie, slash Running Touch, is also probably going to provide more vocals. At least I would hope so, because Thunderdome and Hitachi are two of the best songs on that album. So I really like how he kind of approaches songs vocally. He's also in every single video that they've done. He's the guy, if you watch any of their videos, he's the guy that dresses up all weird. Also in the song Thunderdome, part of it sounds like Come As You Are from Nirvana. And in their new song, Ask For The Anthem, at the very end, in the lyrics, he says, My Thunderdome, come as you are. So they're definitely aware. But yeah, the first band in my top five have released a single. It has begun. Actually, Bad Omens is in my top five as well. And they've released two singles so far last year. But the vocalist said a third single is coming soon. So I'll talk about them when their new song drops. But yeah. I think that's basically it. I think that's going to wrap things up. Like I said earlier, not a whole lot going on this week, and it's going to happen from time to time, but it is what it is. I think we're going to end it there, and we're out of here. So we'll talk to you guys later. Later.